This message is intended to be listened to after viewing a short video clip from The Hobbit. To find this clip, visit joyeugene.com blockbuster or click the link in the description below. You can watch it now. All right, that's so awesome. I'm going on an adventure. I love it. I love watching movies in church. And wow, we've got a packed house this morning. Thank you guys all for coming. This is awesome. Doesn't that clip, it just makes me want to be Bilbo. Does it make you want to be Bilbo? It's about to go on this adventure. It's so exciting. But I think that I might be like more prepared to play the role of one of those dwarves, you know, with this guy hanging around up here. But, but I mean, being a dwarf, it's not, it's not all that bad. You get that awesome song they just did. Oh, come on. That's like best part of the whole trilogy right there, the Hobbit song. I was like, I got to find out a way to get the Hobbit song in there. That's just like the best part. So good. Well, I'm really excited to be here this morning. It's an honor to get to talk to all of you guys this morning. But also, I'm really excited about this morning because I finally get to shave my beard. I've been, I've been growing this thing out for about a year. <laughs> Applause? Huh. Must look really bad. Uh, I've been growing this thing out for about a year for the sole purpose of being able to make a mediocre joke about looking like a dwarf. And mission accomplished. It's done. Made it. So all the itch, everything, worth it. The whole thing, worth it. But no, really, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about being here this morning. And I, I watched that clip and I think, aren't we all a little bit like Bilbo? We, we look at that clip and we say, sometime, maybe it was a long time ago, I was filled with wonder a burning passion to change the world. I'm going to make a difference, right? And then, and then at some point, our comfort and our safety and our home, it all becomes so important. And I want everybody to ponder this one thought as we start out this morning. What if our comforts are actually our greatest chains? What if our comforts are actually our greatest chains. Or maybe we've lost the belief that we're special. Maybe we've lost the belief that we can be anything more than we are right now. And when we're first introduced to this character, Bilbo, that's where we find him. He believes that he's reached the pinnacle, right? He thinks he's peaked, he's reached his purpose. Now all he has to do is maintain this level of happiness through the rest of his life. That's what he's thinking. And then this character comes in. We call him Gandalf. Gandalf comes in and he wrecks it all, right? He wrecks that way of thinking in Bilbo. He doesn't make Bilbo's life worse, but, but he comes into Bilbo's life and he says, this is it? Like, this is all you want? I want to take you on an adventure. And, and he comes in and, and, and he says, I believe that you're a burglar. I believe that you're an adventurer and I want to take you on an adventure. It's going to be good for you. And, and really we realize that Bilbo thinks that he's peaked when in reality he's settled. Right? Bilbo thinks that he's peaked when in reality he's settled. And I want, to, I want everybody here to think about that thought this morning to say, well, if I really look, take a good look in the mirror and, and, and meditate on that thought, have I peaked? Or have I settled? 
And let me tell you, if, you, if you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, I think, I think I've peaked. My life, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of rolling right now. The job's good. The wife's good. The kid's good. Everything's great. I want to tell you this morning that if you think that you've peaked, there's always a next step with Jesus. Whether you find yourself in the dirt or whether you find yourself in the clouds, there's always a next step. There's always more. There's always more. And I want to show you guys a character in the Bible that finds herself at a low point. And she's being told that there's nothing more in her life. Now, if you find yourself at a high point, I want you to stay tuned because it's still going to speak to you because Jesus always wants to bring more. And before I tell this story, I just want to take a step back. By now, you've probably noticed that I'm not the normal guy that's usually here speaking. I'm not a normal guy at all. You probably noticed that too. But uh, quick advisory. This is the later service, so you guys probably be a little bit more on top of your coffee intake by now. I hope you've had your coffee. I've certainly had mine because I'm a little more hyperactive than the normal guy that's up here. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit louder. I'm going to move a little bit more, and I might talk just a little bit faster because it's who I am. All right, but I want to just, if you've got coffee in your hand, maybe now's a good time to knock that guy back. Maybe you'll be able to keep up with me. (laughs) Maybe. All right, but let's let's take a look at this verse. It's John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to, to Jesus, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law... Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? And they said this, that they might bring some charge against him. They said this to test him. And Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. I want to start at the beginning of this passage. Uh, There's this woman, and she's caught in adultery. right? And especially in this culture, that's going to mark her for the rest of her life. And until Jesus comes in, that life wasn't going to be very long. But it was going to mark her for the rest of life. Her life, at this point in her story, she was an adulteress. That's who she was. That's what people saw. And now whatever became of the rest of her life, her highest hope, she's like, if I can get out of this thing alive, I'll be forever marked as an adulteress. She's told by these scribes and Pharisees that she's squandered her purpose. The only purpose that you have left to serve is to die. And maybe that's not what marks you. Maybe you're not the adulteress. Maybe you, you, you have some, like, mistake that marks you. Maybe, maybe you have some mistake that you think, this is what people see when they, when, they, when they see me, or this is what God sees when he sees me, or this is what I see when I see myself. But maybe you've got something that marks you, and it's not even bad. Maybe it's just not the pinnacle of what God has created you to be, maybe you're marked as the, as, as the lawyer. Maybe you're marked as, 
as the businessman. And I want to tell you that even if that's all going great, God wants to bring in more. God says that you are a world changer. So even if, even if that's not what marks you, if you, there's something that marks your life, and if it's not a world changer, a man, a woman of God, Jesus wants to bring in more. Jesus wants to bring in more. So maybe, maybe you've settled like Bilbo. He said, oh, no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the lawyer. I'm, I'm the accountant. I'm the real estate agent. That's who I am. And Jesus wants to come into your life, and he wants to say, I have more. He's not saying, stop being what you are. He's saying, I have more for you. You can be that, and you can also be a world changer. Maybe you once had vision to change the world. You once had vision to be so much more. You once had vision that you were going to inspire others. You were going to change your community, and then something happened. When you ask a kid what they want to do when they grow up, what's their answer? Is it, I want to be like an internal insurance claims adjuster in the uh, accounting department of an accounting firm. Like, no, I'm sorry if you're an accountant out there. Uh, I'm going to pick on you because I think that's really boring. But I, if, that, if that's exactly what you do, what I just described, I didn't even know that was a real job. So I just like strung together the most boring phrase of words that I could think of. And that was it. So now you know where I come from. Uh, but, but anyways, they don't, they, don't, they don't go for that job. People need to do those jobs. People got to do the boring jobs so I don't have to. Uh, but, but, but they don't say that that's what they want to do. What do they say? They say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a police officer. I want to be an accountant. Nope. I want to be, I want to be a teacher. And so where is that coming from? Is that, is that like the, the top, the pinnacle that everybody should always be aspiring to? No, what does that come from? It comes from... I want to change the world. I want to help people. I want to make a difference. And somehow, little kids, they got it right. They, they, they have that. They have that, I want to make a difference. And then somebody comes in somewhere along the line and they say, you know, being a police officer, it's not very safe. Maybe you should do this. You know, being a doctor, that's a lot of schooling. Maybe you should do this. Being a teacher is really hard. Someone comes in, and where you once had vision, now you've settled. Now you've settled. Maybe you once wanted to be different, and I believe that's where this lady was in the Bible. She didn't want to be where she was, and now she's found a place where I want to be anything but what I am right now. I want to be anything more than what I am right now. And then we see Jesus, she, he gets down in the dirt right? And he writes something. Nobody really knows what he writes. Maybe it's something profound that'll blow our minds, or maybe he's just like doodling in the ground to like kill time while he's dealing with these ignorant people. I don't know. But he gets down and he writes in the dirt. Some people have ideas. I don't know. It's not important what he writes. What's important is that the writer specifies that he gets down in the dirt and he writes twice. He gets up. He says, he who's without sin, throw the first stone. Everybody leaves. Nobody can stand up to the challenge. Then he gets back down in the dirt. Gets back down in the dirt, it says, in front of the woman. He gets down in the dirt and he's facing her face to face, right here, in the dirt, in front of this woman who is at an all-time low. 
all-time low. He's down in the dirt in front of her, and seeing that she had just been, was going to be stoned, she had probably been dragged through that very dirt from wherever she was into this public square to be killed in front of everybody. So she's dirty. She's messy. Her clothes are dirty. Her skin is dirty. Her life is messy. And Jesus gets down in that dirt, in that very dirt, and he says, with his actions, he says, I'm not afraid of where you are. He says, I'm not afraid of where you are. You don't have to go somewhere else so that you can be close to me. You don't have to change so that you can have a relationship with me. I'm right here. I'm coming into your situation. He doesn't say, hey, you're not going to die for this now. He says, you're no longer condemned. And what does that mean? It means that nobody is going to hold this over you anymore. You are no longer an adulteress because I say you're not an adulteress. No one is holding that over you anymore. Jesus wants to come into your mess. Now, take a step back. You're like, maybe, well, I don't really think I am a mess. kind of got it all together. I kind of got it all together. Okay. Jesus wants to come into your terrain. He wants to come in to where you are, whether you're in the dirt or whether you're in the clouds. Jesus wants to come in and say, I got more. I got more for you. Okay, you got the perfect job. That's awesome. I got this really rewarding volunteer opportunity for you. You're going to change this community. You're going to change this community. You are a world changer. Jesus wants to come into our situation and say, the mess, it's over. You're not that anymore. You're going to be something new. You are not an adulteress. And that reminds me of this clip that we watched when everybody's telling Bilbo, hey, you're not a burglar. You're going to be really bad at this. Look at him. He like doesn't even know what to do with himself outside. He's like just like made for his house. He doesn't know what to do. And he's like, they're right. I don't know what I'm doing. I ain't no burglar. And, and then Gandalf stands up and it's like thunder behind him with this big booming voice. He says, if I say he's a burglar, then a burglar he is. Ooh, Right? Right? If Jesus says you're a burglar, then a burglar you are. Yeah? And now nobody goes stick up the concession stand out front. I don't want, I don't want that happening. But they said that I'm a burglar now, so I'm going to take your money in the, in, the, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. But no, no, I don't think Jesus is calling anybody to be a burglar. But the, 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 the premise, if Jesus says you're a burglar, then a burglar you are. Jesus has an identity for you that is so much bigger than the one you want to put on yourself. Jesus has an identity for you that is so much better than the one that others want to put on you, and it fits so well. It's going to fit so well. I want to tell you a story, and seeing that it starts when I was in seventh grade and ends, not doesn't end now, it's still going, uh, seeing that it's a long story, I'm going to give you like the ADHD version real fast. Try and stick with me. All right, so seventh grade, I was, as a kid, really big arguer. As an adult, really big arguer. Uh, but as a kid, I was a really big arguer, and people would say, you love to argue. You should be a lawyer. You love to argue. You should be a lawyer. You, you argue a lot. You should be a lawyer. And as people told this to me over and over again, I, I began to say, like, 
fame. Makes good money. People would respect me. I'm a lawyer. That's what I am. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. And I, and I told myself this and went throughout junior high, went throughout high school telling everybody, I'm going to be a lawyer. Senior year comes around, time to do my senior project, job shadow an attorney. And it was boring. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, it was boring. Uh, should have been a red flag. Nope, still going to be a lawyer. Got to go to college. Need a bachelor's degree before I can get into law school. Going to go to the University of Oregon, get my bachelor's degree in business. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're to Eugene now. At least there's that. Uh, Anyway, so my freshman year, I get to the University of Oregon. I'm going to school. I'm going to be a lawyer. And now I'm a dwarf. So, you know, it doesn't always work out. But, no, I'm, I'm going to be a lawyer. And, and I, when I come up here, I have a decision to make. I was raised in a Christian home, but I had this decision to make. Am I going to be a follower of Jesus? And let me tell you, you can be in church and not be a follower of Jesus. That's where I was. So I came up here, and I was like, I'm not in my family's house anymore. i got to make a decision. Am I a follower of Jesus? And I decided that I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. So I start to build a relationship with him. And it wasn't shortly after that that, that he tells me, hey, you're not going to be a lawyer. <laughs> hey, you're going to work full time for a church. That's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to give your life to. You're going to give your life to a church. It's like, I don't really have any marketable skills in that area. Or like, never even thought about this before. Nah. No, nah, I ain't telling nobody about that. So I didn't tell anybody. A couple years later, uh, I just started to realize how well that would fit. And then when I stepped into the pursuit of that role, I realized how good it felt to be in God's purpose. Am I telling everybody, you need to stop what you're doing and go work full time for the church? No, I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is that when you tell Jesus that you want more, he's going to give you more. And for me, more was a different career path. Maybe for you, more is volunteering in the church. Maybe for you, more is volunteering at the mission. Maybe for you, more is starting a nonprofit organization and helping out this community, right? But there's more. There is more. Jesus says that if I say you're a burglar, then a burglar you are. If I say you're not an adulteress, then you're not an adulteress. If I say you're not boring, you're not boring. If I say you're not condemned, you're not condemned. And if I say that I'm not done with you, then I'm not done with you. And then he says, now let's go on an adventure. Now let's go on an adventure. That's the last line of that verse that we read, that passage. It says, now go, and from now on sin no more. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Go and follow God. Go and do the great things that I have planned for you. It's time to go on an adventure. Jesus tells her, it's time to go on an adventure. He doesn't say, go clean yourself up. He doesn't say, go do some volunteer work. He doesn't say, go get clean for three months before you can, before you can be close to me. You know what he says? He says, Go. And I often read, this is like one statement. There's one statement, going from now on, sin no more. Going from now on, sin no more. It almost seemed to me like Jesus was like shooing her away. Like, go from now on, sin no more. You know, it just, it just seemed like that to me. And I don't know why, but sometimes I have this like super meta picture of Jesus. Where he's just like, I just saved your life. Go, don't sin anymore. <laughs> you know, I kind of get that picture of Jesus. And he's like so meta. But, but, but that's, that's not what it says. I, I started looking at this verse in different translations, 
And in a lot of the English ones, it says go, period. And from now on, say no more. Something along those lines. Some of them, it's a comma. Then I started looking it up. I looked at this word go. This word go in the Greek. Yep, nailed it. Got it. That word means, it does mean, it means to go or to depart, but it emphasizes the personal meaning which is attached to reaching a particular destination. Personal meaning attached to reaching a particular destination. A personal, particular destination. Jesus is saying, go on a journey. There's a place to go. He's not saying, go get out of here. He's saying, go, there's a place. There's a journey. I have an adventure for you. Another, another way you can translate that word go is to pursue the journey on which one has entered. He says, you're on a journey now. It's time to go. And then he says, and from now on, sin no more. And from now on, sin no more. That's, that's after, that's an independent statement, right? So he's not saying, go as long as you stop sinning. Go as long as you stop making mistakes. You don't go to the grocery store and, and you're walking to the grocery store and then you, you trip and you fall down and, dang it. I can't go to the grocery store no more. I really needed some food. I haven't eaten in weeks. I'm a bad walker, evidently. But, but, no, you don't do that. When you have a journey, when you have a mission, you fall down, you dust yourself back off, and you go. Right? Jesus is saying, go. From now on, sin no more. But go. It's time to go on an adventure. Jesus says, go. So we look at the end of that clip that we watched. Bilbo, he has a decision to make, right? So Bilbo, he has a decision to make, and he finds this contract. A contract, a binding statement, a pretty harsh binding statement, evisceration, incineration, right? It's pretty harsh. But he finds this contract, and he makes this decision that says this contract might be less binding than my comfort, might be less binding than my home, than my safety. This contract might be freedom. Hmm. So he accepts, he accepts the offer. Then he runs out of his house, he runs through the fields, and it's a completely different Bilbo than we saw in the beginning of the clip. He's no longer caring about his dishes, his furniture, his house. He's not, he's not worried about everything. We see a completely different Bilbo that's skipping through the fields in total freedom, right? And then somebody asks him, he says, Bilbo, where are you going? And he says, I'm going on an adventure, right? He says, I'm going on an adventure. People should see our freedom, and they should say, what are you doing? I'm going on an adventure, right? What are you doing? You've got the house, you've got the car, you've got the kids, you've got the wife. Why would you just sell your car and start a nonprofit organization? I'm going on an adventure, right? I'm going on an adventure. You've got, you've got all this, uh, this, this money and these toys, and you could, you could go out on the weekends and have so much fun. Why do you go to church and then, and then volunteer in your community on Saturday? I'm going on an adventure, 
right? That's how we should look. We should look excited because, because when Jesus calls us on a journey, we're not just going out of, out, of, out of like need or out of obligation. We're going on an adventure and it's the decision that we have made and we are happy with it. We're going on an adventure, but comfort and safety, they can be so deceptive, right? They can be so deceptive. Maybe you're kicking around this idea of going on an adventure. You're kicking around this idea, and you say, wow, well, Jesus says that I'm not an alcoholic. Jesus says that I, I, I don't have to be an abuse victim. Jesus says that I don't have to be an adulterer. Jesus says I don't have to have... I don't have to let my job define who I am. Jesus says all these things. Jesus says I can be a world changer. I can make a difference. That looks like an adventure. Maybe you're kicking around this idea, and maybe kicking around this idea means you're, you're not sure yet, or maybe you, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go on an adventure. And then this thought creeps in. Well, I could. I could stay the same. I could stay right here. My life's good. I got everything I really need. I'm just rolling along. I can stay the same, and everything else will stay the same. I can stay right where I am. But there's adventure. Right? Adventure's out there. I can, I can, I can stay here. I know, I, know I'm not really, I know I'm not really making a difference. I'm not really satisfied with my life on a, on a total level, but I'm not unhappy. I'm pretty content. There's an adventure. There's an adventure. 